take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is Season 4, Chapter 3. This show is sponsored by Brody's Balloons and its owner Lee Kaufman is such a huge support for the industry that I just wanted you to know him by name. This show today will feature Vicky Kimball, a top twister, a decorator, a really smart business owner that makes sure that her customers perceive her as different and she is. We will also talk about Balloon, which is a phrase that she coined for uninflated balloons. And maybe you wonder, should you also incorporate uninflated balloons as a part of your services? And why should you consider uninflated balloons? Why shouldn't you consider that? All of those topics are discussed today in the interview. I hope you like it and I will see you at the other end. Here is Vicky Kimball. Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, this is Zivi Kivi and today it's another episode from Float. Today I am interviewing Vicky Kimball from Cincinnati, Ohio and from the business Balloons. and Vicky is a seasoned veteran balloon artist. She's actually, she won awards, she's teaching in Float and she has a eight DVDs, so uh, quite a lot of things that she's accomplished in her career, and she works and makes a living from decoration and from helping people celebrate their events in a very unique way. So before we go into that, I want to uh, first of all congratulate you, Vicky, and uh, uh, welcome you to the show. How are you, Vicky? I'm very well, Zivi. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. Uh, please tell us how, what are the classes that you're going to give in Float. Uh, w- when people hear this by now, it's what classes you've done in Float. But uh, I'm really excited about your classes. So tell us what are your classes. Well, thank you very much. I'm actually teaching bonus classes this year. I am, I am honored to be working with the advanced decorators, teaching them how to work with non-round balloons and incorporating them into classic decor as well as some manipulation techniques because unfortunately decorators although they're very proficient at what they do they don't necessarily use non-round balloons because a lot of them think that it's just for entertainers so i'm trying to bridge that gap between decorators and entertainers and show them how they can enhance their work by using the non-round balloons and this this is basically a bonus class. So the way this works in Float is that you have the regular class and bonus class and master classes. So uh, do you already know how many people registered to are registered to the bonus class? I have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm registered. So uh, this is very exciting. And uh, is this your first uh, teaching gig in Float? At Float, actually, yes. I used to be on staff with Float, and I have taught, on many occasions, I've taught at a lot of different conventions. I've taught at Twist and Shout and Summer Balloon Camp, and I taught with T-Jam on the road, and I'm sure there's more. I just can't think of them right now, but (laughs) I've taught and competed and 
I, if I'm not teaching, I'm competing. <laughs> so. And uh, your business actually decorates in a very unusual way. You don't only do the classic decor. The, that's an understatement. Yes, the, to say the very least, yes, it's an understatement. So tell us, what do you do in your business for decor? Well, um, the very first thing that I want to say is I have a wonderful networking system with the people that are in my area that do classic decor. I personally do not believe in competition. I think the only person you should ever compete with is yourself. And when it comes to business, if you can stylize yourself and set yourself apart from your competition, there is no competition. So I work with the people in my area that are very, very good at what they do. And because I am a home-based business, I do not have a storefront. And the clients I've had, I've had forever. So um, I have a lot of corporate accounts. And the new clients that call, if they ask for something that is of the more traditional classic decor, I just refer them to my I call them almost partners, the the people within my area that I trust to do excellent work that I would not hesitate to recommend people to. If somebody calls me for 200 helium-filled balloons, I know just the person to send them to, or people. And is that a, the kind of uh, partnership or a relationship with your colleagues, with your competition, quote? Yes. Uh, is that a relationship that is also based on commissions, or is that just being friendly and strategic it is at it is actually quite friendly and no i absolutely will not charge my friends a referral fee as a matter of fact we joke around because when we need each other to work on jobs with each other we we pay each other grunt labor what we call grunt labor where we just we're just paying each other the minimum to help with our helping hands but when um when the jobs I mean, we could charge referral fee, but we just don't. So we, um, when we get the jobs that we are not qualified for, I think there is a definite level of professionalism that is required in the industry to make yourself as well as the other person look good. And if you, it's not your area of expertise, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Send it to somebody else that you trust to do as good, if not a better job, than you do. And then they, in turn, will turn around and send the work to you. And that's the way it works for me personally. Um, they get some very unique requests that they know that they cannot do. And they'll say, you know what? Let me refer you to somebody who can. And they give them my number. And they are... They are sure that I will do a good job to make them look good for even referring me and vice versa. So that's that's pretty much the way it works. So what kind of uh, of decor job will you actually take? I will take jobs that are unique. I will take I will take decor jobs. I mean, I do more or less classic decor but if I do the quote unquote classic decor it will never just be plain round garland columns I will always incorporate non-round balloons foil balloons something to make it look truly unique and stand out because it looks good for the client it's cost effective for me and it um 
it looks more professional that way. And they know that when they get me to do their decor, that's something that they are going to capture in pictures for years. And it's going to make the client look good because with a corporate client, if you have a corporate client that's doing that sort of thing where they they want something that's really going to stand out, it's exceptional. It's not the balloons are not just going to be an enhance an enhancement. They're going to be a conversation piece. It's going to be something that's actually talked about at the event. So actually, that's what you said. That's what why they get they uh, come back to you again and again. Yes. It, it, and uh, how do you find uh, what to do? Uh, in a way that will make people talk about your designs well what I do when I when I talk to the client I, I ask the basic questions where is the venue um, I, I ask the the production questions as far as you know what how much time do I have to set up what's the theme of the event or is there a color scheme that I'm supposed to be working with and first and foremost what's my budget? Because I work very differently than most people. I don't tell them how much it costs because the cost of my services can be very intimidating. So rather than to turn off a client, I would much prefer that they give me a figure to work with and I in turn can design accordingly and based on their budget is whether or not I'm using larger balloons or what kind of balloons do I use foils what techniques do I use and I base my costs on my time and incorporate that product into the time and uh, um, h- how do you know how much time it will take for you to create something which is so unique because you showed me some of your uh, pieces <laughs> and yeah. you know that included like a scorpion inside the bathtub the lobster lobster inside (laughs) a a bathtub (laughs) drinking champagne so how do you estimate how much time it will take for you I think that just comes from experience I think that's just a question of knowing what I can accomplish in what period of time and let's face it if I'm doing something that I know is going to wow the client and if I have to eat my costs it's not going to be in product it's going to be in my time but I look at it as an investment in my time if I have overshot the time as far as my labor is concerned it's still worth it for me to do it because that client is going to be overjoyed and hire me year after year and they're going to know that they're getting a unique product So you're actually uh, thinking about the lifetime value of that customer in opposed to uh, making the biggest margin that you can on this specific gig. Well, yes. I mean, I work within the client's budget, but I also charge top dollar. So uh, when I'm doing it, I want the client to get the utmost out of their budget that they're giving me. So if I agree to a dollar amount and if I have designed it for something that actually takes longer that's on me that so i will i will effectively eat the cost of the time but i know i'm not losing money in product i'm just putting more time into something and that just actually is a good lesson for me in time management because i i say to myself okay you know what Next time you do this Vic you better just you know tone it down a little bit or modify it and everything i do is different 
I don't do the same things over and over again. So I know pretty much how long it's going to take me to do something, and I budget myself accordingly. Do you get uh, some help from employees or from other balloon artists? Uh, yes. If I know it's going to be a very large job, I will employ... <coughs> Usually, my decorator friends, the ones that I'm referring the you know the two hundred helium filled balloons or whatever it is, um yes, I will call them up and I'll say, "You know what? I got this big job. I could really use an extra pair of hands. Are you free that day and yeah, we work for pennies I'm <laughs> not pennies, but we are more than happy to trade at a professional rate so that we can accommodate each other. I see. And how do you explain to your customer what you're going to create? Well, that's the beauty of what I do, because they know that, I mean, I won't lie. I use that term world champion balloon artist to my advantage. That's why I compete. So I can use that for professional purposes so that I can take that title with me and I get a lot of free creative reign when I'm doing what I do so that I can I can design they they know my work most of them know me they know my work and they can pretty much send me a logo or they can just tell me what their theme is and they can say do your thing and most of the time they're very happy with it Did it ever occur to you that your customer will say, "Oh, but I expected it to be bigger, I expected it to have uh, I don't know uh more details or what not? Well, I mean, once in a blue moon, that does happen, and it in the case of something like that, I mean that's like with any business, we are in the business of making our customers happy. And if there's a situation like that where somebody says, "Oh, I wanted it bigger or that wasn't exactly what I expected, I will probably do something where I say, "Okay, you know, I'm very sorry. Let me accommodate you on your next event. I'll throw in a free sculpture. I'll do whatever it takes to make the client happy because they know they're getting a unique product, but It's not science, you know I mean we we all have to I mean when a client is giving you free creative rain and it's not what they had hoped for, we do what we can to make them happy. Is that something that happens a lot? No, I can tell you I mean honestly, in the twenty years I've been in business, I can count on one hand how many times that has happened, and it's those times it's those times that will stick with me, but everybody needs those situations to keep them humble, honestly, everybody needs that everybody needs that kick in the pants every once in a while to keep them on track, yeah, and to know that you know what, maybe I do need to plan a little bit more, maybe I need to. listen more we can always be better at what we do um so what happens if a customer calls you and maybe it's the first time they walk with you mm-hmm. and they start by asking okay so uh we've seen your pictures online mm-hmm. uh how much is it that's a very interesting question because I have a tagline on my website that says I do things to meet each client's individual needs and budget so whenever I do get a new client I try to explain to them that the way I work is so different simply <coughs> because 
I don't want to scare the client away by my numbers because when you charge top dollar in your area, you run the risk of scaring off that client. But what they have to understand is they're, it's like going to get a designer dress. You're not going into a Kmart and buying a dress. You're going and you're you're having something custom designed for you. So rather than to scare away the client, I say, look, try and get a budget in mind for how much you're going to give me to work with. And I promise to maximize that budget and do something extraordinary with the amount of money you're giving me to work with. Is it, uh, did it ever occur to you that the customer gave you a budget and you uh, knew from experience or from uh, knowing the company in some level that that budget seemed to be low relatively in your eyes <laughs> and, and then you've tried to maximize the budget by convincing the customer to pay more? I will actually give you a perfect example of that. <laughs> I um, I had a client call me one year and it was for a quote unquote nonprofit. Well, everybody in the in the industry knows that nonprofit doesn't really mean nonprofit because they have a budget. And we all know this. So this client had gone online like every other client does and they look on Pinterest and they find all these pictures and What's funny is this client happened to pull up a sculpture that I knew was made by Mark Verge. Okay? <laughs> They pulled up this dinosaur costume. And I knew it. I knew he did it. I saw it. They don't realize that we all know each other. <laughs> so... They, they called me up and they said, look, we saw this online. Can you make this? Uh, we have a $150 budget. And I laughed and I said, well, you know, if I charged you half price for that sculpture, it would be $700. And that's half price. I said, here's what I can do. Tell me the theme of your event and I will do the coolest thing I can for your $150. I can't make that sculpture for you for $150. So what I ended up doing with a $150 budget, they were doing a Hollywood theme with science fiction. And they had, um, I was like, what can you do with $150? I ended up making a giant spaceship that had a large alien head in it and a three-footer and some Lincolns around it. It was a big sculpture, and it was very easy to do and totally cost-effective to spend $150, and they were happy with it. But a client doesn't know a $1,400 sculpture from a $150 sculpture because they don't know what's in it. That's why we're professionals. We're the ones that are supposed to know what we can sell. And it comes down to perceived value. If they think they're getting a good deal, then the client is happy, everybody's happy. So these days, do you invest uh, any money on advertisement? <laughs> Ironically, no. <laughs> I don't. I, um, I have been in business for nearly 20 years and I work strictly off of word of mouth. It's referral because what I do is unique. So I, I am blessed in having a lot of people refer me I have many many repeat clients and they have yearly events and they won't use anybody but me which is wonderful is your business seasonal <sighs> to a degree 
And, and in seasonal, I mean that each, each individual client has certain events that they do on a yearly basis, and depending on the time of year is the event that they do. Um, I don't do a lot of things like birthday parties and and things of that nature. I do more corporate because they, the, well, first of all, they're the ones that have the budget, and they are the ones that tend to use the same vendors year after year. And they have yearly events, whereas, you know, you get into the situation of doing things like a birthday party. Well, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. All business is good business. But that that little one that's having the birthday party isn't going to do the same thing every year. So I just try and look for what's going to bring me the most repeat business. Uh, lately, a lot of your designs include uninflated balloons yeah. uh, and you also won some awards with those so I want to ask you is those is this type of of uh, venture to go into uninflated <laughs> balloons as well is that something that is also cost effective and is actually sellable for a customer yes and no <laughs> um, is it cost effective probably not is it uh Is it something unique that makes me uh, makes my work stand out? Absolutely. Is it a selling point? Yes, it is. For example, I had one client. She was as cute as she could be. She sold sweet potato pies. <laughs> she said she brought me one of her pies and she said, can you make a sweet potato pie? Is it sure? And that woman, I made her a Belusian sweet potato pie, and she uses it year after year as a display piece. She pulls it out and she she takes it to her uh, wherever she's doing her displays at her trade shows, and she takes her balloon pie with her. And it looks like a pie. Um, I incorporate it into other I mean, if a client has a large budget and, They can use a little Belusian piece within the budget. I will make a keepsake piece for them. I have done um, keepsake wedding bouquets. I've done little keepsake pieces for larger events. I use them as, uh, I don't know, weights for centerpieces and weights for helium-filled bouquets. I can incorporate my Belusian techniques into lots of different things as selling points, just because the other guys don't do it. How did you learn how to do it? <laughs> Signs of my twisted mind. I have no idea. <laughs> In 2006, I won Top Twister. at um, Twist and Shout making a spaghetti dinner made entirely out of uninflated balloons and to my knowledge I'm the only one that ever made a totally uninflated sculpture yeah, I am not the first person to ever manipulate balloons by using them for uninflated reasons but Like I said, to the best of my knowledge, I'm the first one to have made an entire sculpture out of uninflated. And now they actually have an uninflated competition at Twist and Shout, which I think is pretty awesome. And uh, it is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very honored. Uh, Vicky, you also have like 
eight DVDs that you teach. A lot of them is about food, so... <laughs> Actually, only one of them is about food. Twisted Cuisine is about food. So tell us a little bit about the rest and uh, who do you think... Uh, should consider checking them up because uh, uh, they, they are available with Stephen Jones uh, yes, with Eric Deco video yeah um, but what, who, what type of DVDs do you do and who should check them out well I do uh, I do lots of different DVDs I, I try again I I don't think inside the box I don't even know what a box is so I just I do very different stuff um I think anyone that wants to learn some basic twisting, there are things that are geared towards the entertainer aspect. I believe, personally, I believe that when you're entertaining, for me, I make balloons that are wearable. I have a DVD called Twisted Occasions, which teaches people how to give gift cards it teaches sculptures where you can incorporate a gift card into them. It's just a different, unique way to give gifts by using balloons. Um, I do tablescapes. I do sculptures like um, Twisted Seasons 1 and 2. Like, you can make... I, it teaches a live turkey and a roast turkey. <laughs> you know, if you want to have a, a unique centerpiece, you can learn how to make a balloon roast turkey on your table at Thanksgiving. I just do all kinds of different outside the box type of things. I do have a DVD on Belusion, which is the uninflated balloons. I try and incorporate at least one Belusion. My Belusion is my word for the uninflated balloon art. I I coined the phrase Belusion and it's um I have one or two pieces on just about every DVD that I do of my Belusion work. And I do have an entire DVD devoted to that craziness. <laughs> so. This is interesting. Uh, do you recommend uh, balloon artists to learn Belusion's technique and uh, why should they consider that? You know, Belusion is a very eclectic art form it is not something that everybody is going to necessarily want to do but it I personally believe that with whatever you do you should have a well rounded area of expertise I don't think everybody should do everything but I think you should never stop learning and growing and, and expanding your knowledge in your field so Sure. I mean, learn something new. If you can incorporate it into your repertoire, great. Vicky, if you were able to meet Vicky Kimball from five years ago or from ten years ago, you've been in the business for, for longer than that, but uh, what would you tell uh, Vicky, the younger Vicky, in order to help her in her business, in her career? <laughs> Um, the younger Vicky was very much like the older Vicky. <laughs> the younger Vicky did exactly what this older Vicky does. And the younger Vicky, I don't know what I would tell her other than exactly what I told her then, which was learn, grow, network, meet new people. If you don't know how to do it, find somebody who does get all the knowledge you can and never stop learning. That's what I would tell her. 
Vicky Kimball, I think you are an awesome person. <laughs> and I thank you for all that you do for the balloon industry and for the time that you invest in, in, in creating the pollutions and in creating uh, amazing sculptures. I, I salute to you. Thank you so much for joining the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation and for sharing your ideas with us. Oh, my pleasure, Zivi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm humbled and I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. And uh, in case someone wants to learn more about your art, where should they go? www.incrediballoons.com. That's I-N-C-R-E-D-I-B-A-L-L-O-O-N-S.com. And we'll have a link for that on the balloonartistpodcast.com website. So that in case you're driving and you cannot write the uh, address, you'll see the link on the balloonartistpodcast.com website as well. Uh, Vicky Kimball, thank you so much and see you in class tomorrow. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. Wow. What an awesome interview. Vicky Kimball is so smart in the way that she manages to take the budget out of the customer's hands and use it fully. And this is not so hard. I know negotiation tactics. I teach about them. So really, if you think about it, it's just that the customer wants to know the price, but you refuse. You refuse to tell them how much will it cost to tailor a solution for them. Instead, you explain and prove that you can tailor a perfect solution if they are Uh, forthcoming and if they share the, their budget with you. And how easy is that for us to decide then later to calculate how, man, how much time can we invest and how much money can we invest in that gig, in that specific decoration piece. So I think that there's so much to learn from Vicky Kimball. If you want to learn more about her, we, I made sure that all the links to her stuff is in the show notes of the balloonartistpodcast.com. So head on over, not now while driving, but maybe later, to balloonartistpodcast.com and check uh, the latest episode, the chapter four of season, the chapter three of season four. And you can find all the links there, including some really cool pictures from Vicky's uh, work, including a balloon piece, which was uh, really nice, I think. Speaking of... Vicky Kimball's DVD and stuff. Have you checked the three free videos on the dancefloorexperiences.com website? If you have, that's really cool. Uh, there's a deal going on right now that uh, all the people that joined DFAB can actually buy balloon containers for 20% off for a huge discount. So if you're on the fence on joining the Dance Floor Experiences Blueprint, then you now have one extra reason to do so in the forms of uh, a discount for balloon containers that are really high quality. And all the details are on the Facebook group of the Dance Floor Experiences Blueprint secret Facebook group. Thank you again for your time today with me, and I will see you next week on the Balloon Artist Podcast. This show is sponsored by Brody's Balloons. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Season 4, Chapter 3, 
the tip section and today i want to talk about gloves and why some balloon artists actually use gloves when they twist balloons there are few reasons of why you should consider using gloves the first and foremost reason is that it makes you look professional now this comes with the downside of practicing working with gloves because it's not the same feel you need to actually be careful with with those pinch twists because they can actually make your glove get stuck in the balloon which is not a good thing for me personally because i always wear a tie i also get my tie into the balloon and get it stuck inside the pinch twist so i need to be double careful with my gloves and my tie but uh, there's a few other reasons why wearing gloves makes sense and that's really related to you know what other stuff you do for example when i'm doing video tutorials like the ones i did for the dance floor experiences blueprint i was using the gloves to actually minimize the squeaking noises that the balloons make and because when you wear gloves then the squeaking noise almost entirely goes away which is amazing now if you're not making tutorials, you're still performing near people that are talking and are trying to listen to music or just trying to enjoy themselves. And the squeaking noises can sometimes irritate people. So even just for the fact of, you know, not only looking professional, but also serving your customer better, that by itself is really cool. So maybe you want to use gloves. You don't know which gloves to use. So I use gloves that are white uh, and that are made out of a material called spandex which is also known as lycra uh, to the best of my knowledge it's, it's just uh, one uh, one of the types of uh, cotton that uh, of cotton gloves that you can get uh, because when i bought originally the lycra gloves it also said cotton on it but, so i'm not really sure if lycra is considered cotton or not uh, i'm not an uh, expert on uh, fabrics but uh, uh, in any case it's called uh, spandex or lycra and uh, you can get those gloves uh, in China, in many, many shops, in AliExpress. Um, never order something without seeing um, some samples first. I, I made this um, a habit of mine, so I ordered samples for, from a couple of factories after making sure they have exactly, exactly what I needed, the, the same size, exactly like I uh, wanted it to be. And uh, some of the samples were really, really not that good. And the other ones were great. So I'm now in a possession of uh, about 2,000 gloves. I, I don't need 2,000 gloves. I, uh, I buy stuff for my business for 10 years ahead if they are not something that will, you know, disintegrate and destroy by, by nature's and by time, like balloons. So I, I buy balloons for one to two years ahead maximum, but gloves I can buy for 10 years. And also because I know some of you guys in BAP Nation wants my gloves. So for example, in the past I sold a few gloves to David Brennan, to uh, Rob Balchunas, uh, to Danny Schlesinger just recently, and to a few other guys as well. I wanted to be able to share my stock. Uh, <laughs> stock, that reminds me of the balloon stock app. But seriously, uh, share my stock and uh, help people to experiment with the gloves, even if they don't need to, you know, like, not force people to buy 
thousands of gloves or, or hundreds of gloves because that's what you need to do when you're buying gloves in the in China uh, instead of that they can come to me and even just order 10 so just right now I'm holding a box for an Israeli balloon artist that uh, wanted 10 uh, gloves and I'm shipping it to them uh, luckily enough shipping uh, gloves is so cheap because the gloves are relatively thin and they don't weight a lot of weight so the shipping cost uh, is really uh, great um, very low shipping cost with that said if you want to be more professional to look good and also to not annoy people with the squeaking noises maybe you like the squeaking noises so keep uh, your your hands naked and uh, uh, without any gloves on them. But if you want to do it a little bit more professionally in the way that you look and perceived, then the gloves um, are available through me. Just go to the Balloon Artist Facebook group. I'm always there and contacted, contact me there and I will be happy to ship you worldwide. Um, all the cost and everything are mentioned in the Facebook group and also, you know, you can find me and PM me. Um, with that said, I just want to say the gloves can be used around 4 gigs for 4 gigs and you can um, wash them on, on, a, on a washer machine. I personally don't do it, but you can. Uh, so I just use it for a few gigs and then, you know, go to the next pair. I hope you've enjoyed the tip section today with some more information about why people wear gloves at all in the balloon industry and with uh, a resource of knowing how you can find those gloves. If you have anything in your business that you need that you couldn't find, like maybe specific type of headbands or slap bracelet, I just cooked uh, a slap bracelet dish for like 14, 14 balloon artists from all around the world have enjoyed super low prices um, with uh, walking through me uh, in buying slap bracelets. So if there's anything that you need in your business, uh, please let me know. I always love, love helping. I love serving you guys. And I, I want to listen and to understand because I am cooking some, some new dishes that are going to be wicked cool and will be released uh, soon. With that said, thank you for listening to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Please, if you enjoy the show, please share it on Facebook. Please share it with a friend in a PM. Uh, please let me know in the Balloon Artist Facebook group. I will be seeing you one week from now. See you guys.